So Julie, I often tell people that there are four opportunities to overcoming an objection, the most powerful of which is before the objection happens. Have you ever heard of this concept? You're always teaching me new stuff, Torin. No, I haven't. Tell me more. So the acronym for me, and it's something that I used back in the 90s when I had my own sales team, the acronym is WNLB. Well, the B stands for before. And before any of you start to wonder which online system is best for payroll, let me share a few facts. Gusto is actually simple and easy, surprisingly easy and very fast. 90% of customers say switching to Gusto was easy. 85% of customers say running payroll is easier now than their previous provider. And three out of four customers take 10 minutes or less to run payroll with Gusto. I think that's easy. You can use our link, gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K for three complimentary months. Again, that's gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K. It's time to stop dealing and start demanding. It's time to stop being PC and start being transparent and authentic. It's time to get real. Prepare yourself. It's time for Crazy and the King. Welcome to Crazy and the King. I think it's episode 37, October 2020. Yes, we are just about, what, five days away from the election? Um, Yes, sir. Something like that. You know, it's amazing to me because we have early voting here in Maryland until November 2nd. Yep. And then the election is November 3rd. So I, I really, you know, it's a lot about this process that I just don't really understand. And I mean, I understand it, but I don't understand it. Like I'm thinking early voting, well, you should probably cut off like a week or so before the election. Like what's the point in calling it early voting and you stop the day before the normal election? You have insight on that? Um, well, I think the more voting before election day that's available, the better that way more voices get to be heard and more people get to actually participate in the process. I agree. So in Indiana, we didn't, we did, we used to end early voting earlier, um, in the month and this year they have expanded hours not enough in terms of locations, um, but I, I would fully support a voting month. Um, many company or companies, countries um, have month-long elections um, that allow people to get there. It's something about Americans, you know, like that day is very special to us. I love to vote on election day, um, whereas as countries that are more engaged with their voters, provide longer, longer time periods and more places to vote than we do. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit because we actually have a couple of stories. You know, I don't want to call them stories, but certainly we have some mentions towards politics toward the end of the story. Um, Real quick, before we get into such, again, just special thanks to our uh, show sponsor, Gusto. We absolutely appreciate them. Uh, if you didn't catch the uh, uh, link in the beginning, it's gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K. 
So how you feel? I mean, again, you know, we're very close to the election, but forget that part. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, pretty good. I've got a, a big keynote uh, tomorrow or Thursday um, to close out National Disability Employment Awareness Month. I'm Ooh. very excited for that. Um, and and it's it's kind of a um, full circle moment for me as as a practitioner, as a person with a disability. So I'm very, very excited for that. It's been a fantastic month and I'm ready for my kids to come home and do the holidays. How about you? Well, 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 before we leave that, you know, so when you say full circle, can you give us like maybe a sneak peek of what you're going to talk about or maybe why it's a full circle moment? Because that's always a good, well, I shouldn't say always, but the way that you position it, it's a good full circle moment. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. So I will be closing out National Disability Employment Awareness Month for PepsiCo, uh, who was the first company that I was able to do true disability and inclusion work with, who we still work with to this day. And just amazing to see how the number of hires they have every single quarter are going up, how they are fully, fully committed to this conversation of disability and inclusion at their brands and to be given the opportunity when, you know, eight years ago, I was just this little something, something who was trying to figure it all out um, to sit on the stage with, with some very big names at PepsiCo and have their commitment to this work and to our community is, it's pretty satisfying. No, it has to be. Uh, And Pepsi is a great logo to have on your speaking dossier. So hats off to you. Uh, for being selected. And I'm certain that you are going to smash your delivery. Mm. Uh, Virtual, is it um, only for Pepsi employees or is it for a particular organization? Yeah, it's for all of Pepsi's brands. So Frito, Quaker, Tropicana, all their employees are invited. Good stuff. Got a powerful partner. Love that. Hey, reminder, last week, everyone, we talked about Pope Francis and biased against colleagues without children. So if you missed our episode from last week, it didn't come out on Thursday like it might normally do. Uh, We try to get the episodes out on on Thursdays, but I think it came out maybe on Friday morning. So if you didn't catch uh, last week's episode, take a quick listen. I believe that was right around 35 minutes or so. Julie, am I right about that? Something like that? Uh, I think so. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, just grab a listen. Uh, So chart hop. They aggregated and anonymized employee data from 16,000 people to look at the wage gap in tech. Here we go again. Uh, We're not going to labor on it, but they did that. And I appreciate that they looked at all of the data. And as sure as uh, I'm black and breathing, there has been a bit of progress, but the gender pay gap is increasing between BIPOC, which is brown, indigenous, people of color, and white workers. The gender pay gap is increasing. Not good. They also note a big gap in equity ownership. That's even worse. And so women who make up 40% of owners, like founders, but really only capturing 21% of the shares. That is miserable. And yes. you know what what really kills what 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 drives me insane is we continue 
and I try my best not to, you know, to to harp on on stories that might have a negative slant, you know, but it's you know, it's important that we we share some of this data um, so that people can continue to be present with it, conscious of it, and and exploring ways that they can make it better. You know what I'm saying, Jay? Yeah, yeah. I actually saw that um in California, since they've added the diverse board requirement as a yep. state, more yep. than 500 women have joined corporate boards in California. And so let's hope that when we look back in this in a year, those women have started to help move um, and close some of that gap. Absolutely. And we need everyone in the fight. And we absolutely need women advocating, supporting, and being the voice for other women. You know, another stat on VCs, just real quick before we move. Um, as of August, uh, I think the number is $87 billion has been invested in uh, VC money and about $2.2 billion have gone to black and brown founders. So we got a lot of work to do. Again, you can a lot find of work over on Chart Hop. I had absolutely, actually had never heard of Chart Hop before. Uh, but they look like they got some some decent information over there. Kroger. Uh, Kroger will triple its sourcing from diverse suppliers. They plan to partner with HBCUs uh, on talent recruitment, and they are going to create a DE&I council that will report to senior leadership. Well, that's exactly where it needs to report. So I'm glad that the uh, grocery retailer is deciding to you know, 10x their efforts uh, in the DNI space. Uh, it says that the company is going to provide unconscious bias training to senior leadership. You already know my side eye. Can you see my side eye? That's you know. In every my dreams, there it is, training. right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just try to tell you, man. Every time I see that unconscious bias training, I just, I'm just like, I'm always like gasping for air, like. Somebody please come resuscitate me. Like, I mean, I always feel like I'm about to just go prostrate, just fall straight the fuck out when people talk about unconscious bias training. It just like kills me. But in any event, they're going to do it. And and again, I'm giving Kroger a hard time. I give everyone a hard time uh, because I believe that we all have biases. But nonetheless, they're going to require that every associate by May of 2021 will have gone through some training and also they plan to re-engineer their mentorship program, uh, linking what they call diverse employees, which is another side eye for me uh, with senior mm -hmm. leadership. So anyway, Kroger is out doing some good work. I appreciate that. Absolutely happy about that. And it looks like the State Department has paused all DNI training, all of it. Yep. All of it, as well as the Justice Department. So as a continued, um, we told you so, from the executive order from last month, um, all DNI training has been paused at the State Department and the Department of Justice, both of which could use DNI training. All of it. All of it. Did Every they, bit of it. Time on that? Like, is it just for Q4 2020? Any insight? It, it says while they review their training for or, uh, race stereotyping, negative race stereotyping. Mm. And so if you've ever worked for the government, as I have, you know that that basically means like whenever the hell we feel like getting around to it, maybe next year, maybe never. 
Okay. Well, yeah, we've been telling you. Um, and again, we keep reminding you because the government is doing it. And I know a number of organizations out there are going to follow suit. They're going to do the same. So you yeah. have to make sure you are present and you are exercising your voice in your organization. Someone yeah. has to stand in the gap and say how much DNI training, DNI initiatives are in the organization. Let's get into this week's show. Yeah. So just a really quick um, article from Fast Company yesterday. And companies like Airbnb, Viacom, CBS have partnered with a daycare center called Bright Horizons to offer not just paid time off to vote, but to offer offer childcare that will allow their employees who are also parents to go vote that's at the company's thing. cost. That's pretty cool, right? I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And and it even goes a little bit further. Okay, because hold for a second, because the the, the way you dropped it in there, you know, that slow roll, I was like, and you know I can't see you. So I'm like, <laughs> I felt like you was over there lacing up your boxing glove, like I'm about to give them this work, you know. So okay, keep going. <laughs> no, nope, sorry. That was a happy one. Okay, um, well, yeah, I mean, let's try that again. Come into that story okay. again with a little bit of energy because I was like, for real, I'm like. Yo, is she lacing up her gloves? She putting that bandage on? Julie is about to get busy on these folks. But this is a good story. Yeah, there's no RBF over here, right? So here we go. From Fast Company this week, not only are some really great companies offering paid time off to vote and to work at the polls like Gap and Old Navy, but some are taking it even a little bit further. Airbnb, Viacom, CBS um, are working with a daycare provider called Bright Horizons so that parents who are also employees of those companies can have childcare while they go vote. And you know what? That's a really good thing because coming off of the heels of the story from last week where we talked about colleagues that don't have children and some of the concessions that are made for parents, one of those concessions has to do with we have to get our you you, you have to pick your children up by a certain time. And if you don't do that, you know, some of these daycare providers, some of these facilities, they charge extra money. Uh, Some of them run very strict policies where they are really leaving. And, you know, they're not really trying to be conciliatory to your work schedule, like navigating that system. And I'm sure navigating that system now has even more challenges in it. So to see that organizations like Airbnb, Viacom and others are, are making the investment on behalf of their employees, that's a good sign. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I know it's been a hot minute since you or I had kids at the daycare, but I can tell you from, from those terrible nightmares, daycare is not cheap, right? Sometimes almost as much as a, as a really nice Mercedes payment, um, that, that y'all would be putting down that we had to put down when we were young and, and just, you know, making $21,000, $22,000 a year, but spend sometimes half a paycheck or more on daycare for, for our young kids. And so this is huge, one. 
Um, one thing that I really, really liked that they're doing too with Bright Horizons is that you can take your child to a location or they can provide in-home daycare while you're voting, which I think is really cool. Like, interesting. To me, it could be like a whole new like business model slash benefit or, you know, like thinking about how do we get back women back to work during and after the pandemic? Um, having someone that can support homeschooling our kids, someone who can support um, some of those pieces and parts of life that we don't think of supporting as employers. Um, I think this is something that could definitely change as as the pandemic hopefully changes our business outlook for the for the more human approach to our employees. Yeah, and again, that just, you know, that that's that piece that underscores the whole bring yourself bring your whole self to work. That's that whole uh support around the phrase uh employee engagement. That's that piece around um, situational awareness. Those are the things that give you the fun feel about being with an employer. Lyft, another one who's offering free rides to the pole, you know, for people in the community. Just, and again, I know some folks may be a bit hesitant to take advantage of some of these offerings because of COVID and the time that we are in. But when I see that in uh, organizations are trying to be thoughtful uh, in a way that is, uh, complimentary to business, but even more so complimentary and supportive of who the individual is, you get a, you get a plus, you get a check mark for that. And that's a beautiful look. That it certainly is. Certainly is. So kudos to Airbnb and Viacom CBS, um, for taking care of, uh, your employees that need to get out and vote in more ways than one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course we'll put the uh, show notes in as Julie said, that uh, article was over on Fast Company. I found one on BuzzFeed, uh, and the title of the article is This Scary Statistic Predicts Growing U.S. Political Violence Whatever Happens on Election Day. Now, that's a long title, um, but what these researchers claim in the article is that there are a number of stress indicators that can really warn when societies are at risk of erupting into violence. And quite frankly, it's spiking here in the U.S., just like it did before the Civil War. And what I found interesting in this article, and it's not so much so the political leaning in the article, Julie, for me, the piece that I pulled out of it, which was my focus and my reason for sharing it, was on income inequality and how through this income inequality, we, uh, of course, we see the, the uber wealthy becoming even more wealthy. We see organizations doing stock buybacks and not necessarily taking care of uh, their employees. It says that in the United States, we have stagnating or declining real wages, which is a growing gap between the rich and the poor. We have an overproduction of young graduates with advanced degrees and exploding public debt, wrote one of the researchers. And so when you have income inequality, you have organizations doing things with 
dividends and, uh, you know, reinvesting in the way that they have been reinvested. And I put that in air quotes. It impacts how we are able to raise money in our uh, local areas, taxes, schools, hospitals, quality of life, all of that. And so really what what the the authors of the article were talking about is it's not so much so that we expect violence because of Republican Democrat. We have this violence because underneath all of that is income inequality. Fascinating read. I highly encourage each of you to get out and get out of your political feelings and read the article so that we can all put our emphasis on something that matters to each and every one of us. Yeah, I'm actually really glad that you brought this article for this week because I almost did. And then I thought "Eh, it'll be too political. I can't I can't unpoliticize it. It's not my nature, I guess. Um, And I, I do think one is that we do need to be prepared for political violence post-election day, um, regardless of the way that the election goes. Um, We are divided enough as a country right now that that's going to happen regardless. And I think the other thing that's really important, it just kind of goes back to that RAND Corporation study that we talked about a few weeks ago, right? As long as the U.S. government and corporate America is promoting policy of political or of uh, corporate welfare and welfare for the top one percent, and continuing to make the pie smaller and smaller for the rest of us, it will continue to unravel the the strings of our country and our democracy um, that we have to actively choose to get out of. I mean, I, I think that we're at a tipping point as a country and as a, a nation of people um, that we have to decide that we are going to deal with this inequity or we're going to live in this inequity, in which case we fail as a capitalist society, we fail as a democracy, and we move into um, potential potential long-term violence. And, and that, is, that is not because of Trump. It's not because of um, the current administration. I think this is a symptom, is a symptom of, of what has been building uh, since like really what the repeal of Glass-Steagall, triple down or trickle down economics, um, you know, some of the the real legislation that has taken away uh, unionization rights, as well as Citizens United and um, the repeal of the Voting Rights Act. We've had a lot of work to do, and it is tied to our government without being political. It is tied to having a functioning bureaucratic government. And right now we're seeing the phrase of that. Absolutely. I I agree with you 1000%. And you're right. I mean, again, there are a number of articles out there that are talking about white extremist groups that are planning what they're going to do after 
the election. I'm sure there are other um, groups and you know entities that are making plans as to what they're going to do after the election. You know, but what what you just said is important. It's very important for you know for all of us. You know, people my age, people your age. It's important for people born in the late '90s to early 2000s because those are the ones who were marching down there in Charlottesville. Those are the ones that are part of, you know, that extremist group, the Patriot Front, that feel mm-hmm. like this is their country and they're supposed to take it back. It's it's amazing. I went to their website and, and it says, uh, you know, there when our pre-Columbian forefathers left their European homes, they found a savage continent. I'm, I'm asking myself, like, um, y- y'all weren't fighting over in Europe? Yeah, y'all came they from a savage continent. They weren't beheading people over in Europe. Y'all weren't running around trying to take over people's. Uh, it, it's amazing, and so you know, I just feel like there, there, there is a great deal of dissension because people continue to keep us divided on, you know, things like race, which is you know just ridiculous. Um, things like people at the border, they're taking our jobs, which is ridiculous. It's absolutely incredible. We can't give, uh, you know, immigrants health. It's just amazing. We want to vote on health care 890,000 times to take it away from people. It's just amazing the things that our government continues to do and not lock themselves in a room and say, you know what? We are all common sense, I would hope, adults. Let's figure this thing out. Like we can argue on some policy, but like for real, this polarization, we have a very much so lot to do with that. Those folks that are sitting 45 minutes away from me have an awful lot to do with why we are where we are right now. Corporations, they have a lot of responsibility, but you are absolutely right. We got to get a functioning government. This thing right here is far worse than what we've just experienced over the last three years, it is bad. It needs to be, it just needs to be overhauled in a major way. Yeah, it does. And so the most important thing that we can all do is vote. If you have not gone yet, if you have not participated, if you are a reluctant participant, Torn and I are asking you, do not miss this one. Don't wait till election day. The long lines are going to be long. Do it today. Do it now. Make your plan so you it doesn't get away from you. The only way to hold government accountable is through our vote. And we don't have enough participation to move the needle enough in Washington to drive the kind of change that we have to, to have to get back to a country that works for all of us, yeah. not just the richest 1% of us. That's right. And we can't be single issue voters, man. We got to, I mean, we don't live Mm -hmm. single track life. And I don't think it's healthy for anybody to make decisions politically based off of one. I don't care what that one is. The complexity of life requires multi, I mean, multifaceted decisions. We cannot be single issue Voters, and that reminds me of a conversation that I had last week with Ten Cup. I really wish we could like ping him and bring him into this conversation. I'm gonna tell you off mic what he said to me, Julie, when we stop recording, uh, and I would love to get your your take on that. But 
But the bottom line is Julie and I want to make sure that each of you vote, which brings me to my name drop. Happens to be Aubrey Blanche from Culture Amp. I'm going to tweet this out. I already tweeted it once. I'm going to retweet it and we will include a link to her tweet in our show notes. But she put out a communique guiding organizations through post-election activity. A lot of organizations have not taken the time out to draft what what life is going to look like in our business on November 4th through the transition and in Q1, Q2 of next year. I really encourage, I'm not a politicist. I'm not a person who is skilled in that regard. So I think Aubrey did a great job of putting out a couple of considerations. She makes mention of Michelle Kim's uh, medium blog post in the link. So we'll make sure that we put it out there. If your organization hasn't drafted anything related to the election of next week, highly consider you to click on the link and at least take a look at what Aubrey Blanche put together. Yes, Aubrey's putting out great content. Uh, so my name drop this week is to, this will make you laugh because I always give them hell, Starbucks. Um, mm. who, <laughs> as, I, who, as I pick up my Starbucks cup right now, <laughs> so my, my lemon tea. Go ahead. Let me hear this. So not saying I don't enjoy pumpkin spice latte, but um, they have announced this week that they will tie diversity and inclusion to executive compensation starting in January 2021. That is the kind of forward movement that I'm looking for. Kudos, Uh, Starbucks. I'm sorry, just underscore January 2021. Yes. Not 2022, not 2023. Not we're going to drop a whole bunch of equity in your, you know, I read the story, some CEO, he took a $700,000 pay cut or salary, you know, compensation cut, but then he got $700,000 worth of stock, which actually grew to be worth even more than that. I think the stock has grown to be like $1.5 million through the pandemic. So I'm going to take it from one hand. And make it up on the other hand. And part of the reason why the stock grew, because he laid off a whole bunch of employees playing around with books. So trust me when I tell you, I like that Starbucks is doing it immediately. January of 2021. Shout out to Starbucks. So when we come back together next week, um, I don't know if we'll know the results of the election, but we will have had an election. So. Here's to you and me getting through next week and probably having something interesting to talk about, um, no matter how things turn out. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in the words of B.B. King, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. I close. We close. Reminding each and every one of you to share the pod with your digital tribe. Purposefully, I've not asked Julie how many downloads we have. We are almost at the end of our second year. I want to be surprised on January 1st when I ask, and when we start doing our planning, I'm going to ask this year. Last year was like a test run. This year, we got a bit more serious about it. So share the pod with your digital tribe. Please subscribe. Like click some of them stars. Do do some of them things on iTunes and Spotify that shows other people that you care about the conversations we have around diversity, equity, inclusion, 
and belonging. And by all means, find your voice inside of the workplace. Be a better human. Have an awesome rest of the week. Catch me on Sirius XM channel 126 this Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. For now, Julie and I are ghosts. Go vote. See ya. So, Torin, we have a sponsor. Mad cool. That says that they appreciate the work that we are doing through this podcast vehicle. You know what else is cool is what other people are saying about Gusto. So give me examples. I mean, it's easy for you to say people are talking about it, but give me some examples. So Tom S. said Gusto has allowed my small company to offer big time benefits without an HR department. Shout out to Tom, but do you have more? Yes, I have another one from Sation who says Gusto is effortless, which is how I like HR. Out of sight, out of mind, yet doing what it's supposed to do. So what you are saying is Gusto is more than a payroll provider. Absolutely. And Gusto integrates with all of your favorite tools that, again, makes life easier. Tools like QuickBooks, Google, and and many others. So if you visit gusto.com slash C-A-T-K, that's gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K, you'll get three complimentary months from Crazy and the King. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.